So, you know, I just, uh, let me tell you uh, briefly what um, I'm expecting. I guess it's a wrong word to use, but um, what I was thinking about with the podcast is uh, I wanted to kind of have a conversation with uh, people in the uh, industry that are into the uh, video game development, and I just, I, I, you know, stumbled upon you guys coincidentally and, um, you know, shot you guys an email and you got back to me. So that's great. <laughs> Here we are. Um, but, you know, I just want to have a conversation with you guys. Um, just, you know, how you guys got into game development. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, you know, I just, well, let's start off right there. Um, how did you guys... Uh, you know, get into the game development. Um, so I'm, I'm the programmer of the pair. Um, I started doing, um, I guess I was doing like little stuff on my calculator at high school and things like uh -huh. that. And I kind of liked programming a bit, but um, at that point, never knew it would actually be a, that's like a thing to do games would, you know, that would be a real right. thing I could do. Um, and then I, so I studied uh, engineering kind of electronic and electrical and all these other kind of weird um, engineering things that I didn't like at all. And then I changed to computer science because that the programming part was really the only thing I liked. And about that time I was also doing these weird little adventure games because uh, I found this program called Adventure Game Studio where you could do, um, you could basically just put like draw a back, bit of background art for a point and click adventure game and make a character and then make it so the kind of character could walk behind things in the scene and stuff like that uh, and make little puzzles and and I wasn't an artist at all but I took like photos with a digital camera a really crappy like <laughs> right. 1.3 megapixel digital camera that I was right. like really really proud of <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and like put my house in it and made this little adventure game with my house in it so that was my first oh, like great. kind of little adventure game thing and it was a really good community that adventure game studio community like uh, really supportive and like getting people excited about making games and so that was my first taste of game development I really liked that so um after okay. I, f I finished computer science and then I uh, thought ah oh, it's probably pretty unlikely I'd actually get a job in video games I sort of thought I'd probably try and do some web development kind of stuff um, right but went for a couple of jobs and one of them was at uh at this company Red Tribe in Melbourne where I live uh mm -hmm. and it was uh I was like a sort of minimum wage, like I've got no idea what I'm doing kind of, uh, but like that, the, the guy who ran the company was like, yep, we need people who don't know what they're doing. So that <laughs> and and that was, a, a, that was programming in that company? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gameplay programming. So that's where I kind of got my foot in the door and that's also where I met Barney. So maybe I'll let Barney take the story from there as well. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, we'll go right ahead. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I, 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 won't go into too much detail, but I started out just messing around and making my own stuff uh, using uh, HyperCard, I think, on a Mac was the first thing I made games with, but I was I was more coming at it from the animation point of view and cool. uh, and making things to kind of trigger my animations and make the animations interactive. Um, and, yeah, I, I'd done a bit of animation work in film and TV uh, in Sydney. Oh, really? Uh, that was where my... 
uh, I'd sort of gone up there to study and then wound up getting a job. And But all my family's in Melbourne, so I'd thought, oh, I, I really want to do animation work in Melbourne instead. Mm-hmm. And even though growing up I had designed heaps of little games and made lots of little hobby games, I'd still just never had a concept in my head that game designer or game development was a thing that you could do as a job for some reason. It just never really <laughs> occurred to me. So I was just focused 100% on animation. You know, in, in my head, I was I was working my way up to going and working at Pixar or something like that. Um, but in Sydney, uh, I got a taste of sort of like bigger, bigger development. And I talked to people who worked on uh, Happy Feet and stuff like that. And I kind of got a picture that actually maybe that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And those people weren't very happy and weren't getting to be very creative. Uh, anyway, so I moved back to Melbourne. Uh, and although Sydney had a lot of film and TV animation jobs, all the animation jobs in Melbourne were in video games. And so I thought, oh, cool. I like video games. Maybe I'll, I'll animate for them. Uh, and so I went for a job at Red Tribe as well. Um, and, and similar to Dave, you know, I had no industry experience, but we were really lucky to get a job at this company. And kind of the, the reason we got the job was probably because it, it was, it was quite a ramshackle, uh, kind of situation <laughs> there where, you know, very few experienced people, just, just inexperienced people teaching other inexperienced people. And, you know, it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a kind of madhouse, um, but but that was actually a really good opportunity for us because then we both got to kind of step up and and really take on a lot more responsibility than we would have otherwise. Um, yeah, there's a lot of tr- trial by fire in that. Yeah, <laughs> of like you're the lead on this project now. It's like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but it's you know it's definitely the best way to learn, and I think yeah. we would have learned so much more slowly if we hadn't have been thrown in the deep end like that. And yeah, absolutely. I think it sort of started out that basically there was very poor communication between the art and animation team and the programming team. Uh, and mm-hmm. and we, we'd, we'd sit in on a kind of meeting where, you know, someone would say, this is how the mechanic's going to work. And then the artists would just sort of go off and make some art for their interpretation of that. <laughs> Programmers would with, go off and make some sort no, of interpretation. Like, exact but, idea or anything of what they had to actually create or they just did their own thing? I or, mean, there, there, was, of, there was sort of some scheduling, but but right. the, the, the problem was that there would be significant kind of uh, details in the interpretation of the the, the minute <laughs> details of how those mechanics worked that, right. you know, if, if you're making assets on this assumption and they're making code on that assumption, then the, the things just don't plug in together properly. Um, uh-huh. And, and, yeah, there and was sort of, I guess there's an, an example, there was uh, like the, the game we were doing was a third person platformer kind of thing. And in the design document, there was like a sentence about, oh, you should be able to pick up and throw things. And um, and so the, you know, the programmers had gone through and gone, okay, I guess we need a system to be able to pick up and throw objects. And the artist would be like, okay, we've got to, we're going to need some objects that you can throw. Um, and so, you know, I, I'd get the task, okay, we want to be able to pick up and throw objects. And I'd ask the designer, okay, what do we actually need to do? And then designers would be like, oh, I don't really know. Just maybe <laughs> make something so you can pick up and throw objects. Yeah. So I'd go, right. oh, you know, I'd be like, yep, okay, that's my job. I'll do it. And I, I'd sort of, 
I'd get that task done. I was like, yep, the code is in the in the system, so you can do that. But I, but then no one told anyone to like actually hook that up into <laughs> levels or um, or the, how that's meant to fit in with the gameplay. So yeah. there's a lot of now, features like that that just kind well, of we spent time on, but kind of, uh, it, was, it was kind of pointless. <laughs> right, right. And what kind of experience was like your superiors, like the designers and stuff like that? They, I mean... Oh. Yeah, there there really wasn't much at that at early on. There really wasn't much design lead. Um, so it I was, think that that was the the weakness that there was there was people who kind of had a big picture uh, like design overview of of the game of the kind of way the story would play out, but there was no one on staff who was an experienced uh, experienced right. at designing and implica- implementing the actual mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, and there was there was juniors sort of designery people a bit that came and went, but they were never mm-hmm. they never had any ownership of like okay make this game work. It was always um, okay you're in you're a designer um, make a spreadsheet that says like the names of the different enemies and how much health they have or something, but <laughs> but not like make you know your so it was, making it was this purely work. like it was purely design documents and nothing like tying yeah. into the actual features, right? Yeah. Um, and design documents were very much written by a writer who was interested in writing and not really as interested in video games or mechanics. No way, like really. Yeah. Oh, that's that is but, so funny. Oh, but so it really, a lot of you've got we've you know we have to make that stuff happen ourselves. Um, so as a programmer right. or an artist at a at a comp, you know working in a team, you really have to take ownership of what you're doing. And, and if I'm making a system to throw objects, I've got to be like, okay, artists and designers, I need you to like this is how I think it should fit in with the game. And like, I've got to go harass people and get art made for the system and all that stuff. So you became like, like the lead designer practically. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, like I, that, we learned from I that think, project. I think me and Dave wound up sort of becoming the surrogate, uh, sort of mechanics sort of leads because we would communicate with each other. You know, Dave would say, right. uh, in order to pick something up, something up, these are things that would happen. And I'd say, you know, yep, in order to make that work, this is how we have to align the character to the object in order to make it stick to the node that it's going to attach to and and we'd workshop that and best ways to do that. Whereas previously a designer would make a thing on some assumptions, an artist would make an animation and then they'd both be like, well, I did my job. It's your fault if it doesn't, if it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, also, yeah, I and I, I think we were both kind of so young and insecure. We were like, shit, we'd better talk and figure out how to make this work because I don't want to make something that looks crap. I want to, you know, I want this to work kind of thing. So we were just like, yeah, we would force ourselves to, to do the communicating that other people weren't doing. Right. Yeah. It almost sounds like you guys were like pressured into – trying to figure out how to get this together so you can practically keep your jobs and make like, you know, look yeah, good like you're creating something. Oh, that is so well, funny. Kinda, and so know, it's frustrating when you're working on stuff a lot and um and then you just see it like not really going anywhere. And then you start to get into this pattern where you where you sort of realize I was kind of assuming someone else would be like making this all good at some point. <laughs> but right. no one's doing it so better kind of you know, we don't want to be wasting uh, all this work we're putting into it. We want to make it good. Yeah. I mean I I was definitely a little bit driven by like someone to tell me make some animations for this combat system 
and I'd sort mm-hmm. of try to get information about how the combat system worked in terms of player movement and and buttons sort of interrupting animations into other animations and stuff. And people were like, oh, uh, you know, I'm not sure. And so I'd talk to the programmer and the programmer would be like, oh, I don't know. And so I'd just make some <laughs> things and then I'd see them plugged into the game and they look crap. And I felt like, well, this looks like <laughs> I'm a crap animator. This looks like I've done a really right. bad job. And so I'd be like, right, I'd go over to the program and be like, look, I thought we were going to be, you know, interrupting the animations uh, into into each other from this point. Uh, but, you know, but if it came, if you press the button before that point, then we'd either ignore it or we'd queue it up to trigger at that point. And that's what I made the animations for. And then, you know, we'd start workshopping and it just kind of wound up that, that me and Dave ended up being the two people who kind of wanted to work like that and were, and, you know, kind of worked together like that. Uh, so we ended up getting more and more responsibility and sort of, yeah, unofficially became like the mechanics implementation guys, um, <laughs> uh, which was, which was, which was fun. Um, but yeah, pretty stressful as well because there was so much messy stuff going on that we weren't in control of. Right. And so when it came from like that and you guys knew you were the ones bringing it along, like, did you guys ever uh, finish a project at that studio or did you, is this when you like figured, okay, well, we kind of got to do our own, you know, type of projects and move on. Yeah, we finished, yeah, we finished two pretty terrible projects, looking at actually very (laughs) terrible projects that we kind of just got through that were, you know, that they were the sort of inexperienced team given this, uh, movie kind of tie-in title that the um mm-hmm. the boss of the company had kind of wrangled by like wrangled us getting this contract by sort of saying how oh, we'd be no. able to get it done in like no time and it only cost this much uh, <laughs> so basically undercutting that, everyone that's always time. the story right but also, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah um but then that that gave us the chance because we were like hey we did this terrible project now can we like make a little team and like work on a game ourselves um so barney led this team and we started working on this really sweet game um oh really which we did. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we had our own original little thing going that um, uh, I, I think at the time, definitely like looking back, it was way overscoped for what, what we could have done with the team. Uh, but the core mechanic was was really cool. It was a kind of uh, uh, like a third-person uh, combat uh, kind of game, a bit like a, I guess, like a mashup between something like the the like 3d mario games and also something like devil may cry that was kind of a bit accessible but 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 had kind of crazy over the top action and we had a few pretty interesting mechanics um but yeah the the we were kind of part way through developing that when the uh kind of financial yeah, crisis kind of happened in America. I was waiting for that. No, just <laughs> yeah, and all these Australian companies were kind of operating on, they were like, oh, we're just cheap labor for, for America, so we get these crappy little movie games and we do them cheap and we do them quickly uh, and you know, at least we get really? to be in the industry. And I think all the companies thought if we do this enough, we'll save up just enough money that then we can make our own original game but they were just kind of never far enough ahead of the eight ball to be able to stop and go, all right, we can afford to pay you all for the next two years to make this other game. So we were kind uh, of on this treadmill. So while, yeah, that, right. Uh, so, so, so while me and Dave were, were doing this, the company was making, uh, you know, we would just had like us and a couple of other guys, but the company was focusing on a bunch of other, you know, like money maker kind of projects 
um, mm-hmm. like contract things, including like a, a Wii cheerleading uh, game <laughs> and, and a bunch of other stuff like that. And then things went bad in America and we just lost, we lost all those contracts and we couldn't get more. Um, and so, yeah, things, things kind of fizzled out. We, we, we lost some people and we tried to hold on to mm. just the core team and keep working on our game and travel around trying to like shop for a publisher. But yeah, it wound oh, up really? just being like, you know, no one was going to pay the money we needed for, for this just like weird experimental game. So oh, yeah, the man. company went out of business. Yeah, that's crazy because I see a lot of that with uh, um, game companies around here because, you know, I'm, I'm actually actually interested in um, game design and I'm actually yeah. taking uh, uh, college courses for it right now. So I'm trying to inch my way into it. So I've been looking at jobs and everything and just kind of seeing uh, my way through what the, what's out there. Um, and, yeah, I see a lot of companies that are you know the kind of the third party like oh make these assets for this uh mother company and then they'll kind of like take like claim everything for the project but they have like this small little title at the bottom of you know so you have a lot of these uh smaller companies like like kind of the one you were uh, talking about you know and it's definitely good to work for those as well like when you're starting out and getting experience and stuff because there's there's always smart people to learn from um right on those sort of projects and I mean the usually the turnaround for like staff on at any video gaming company is usually like a few years so you kind of get this yeah so no one really expects people to um to be stick around um, sticking around for ages yeah it's kind of this it's kind of weird partly because companies burn people out which isn't very good but um but yeah when you're starting out like um you, you learn a lot from those little projects Right, and so when you guys moved from um, that studio, so is this when you um, gained together and made your started making your own games, or how did that come about? No, we still we still didn't think for a second that that was a possibility. This was still <laughs> like before, I think before Braid and those things had really come out and right. kind of you know made everyone go, oh hey, like right, people are making mm-hmm. careers just as a one person team, you know? Um, yeah. So, so we, we both, uh, just went and looked for other jobs. And at the time, the jobs that were, were happening, uh, were mobile studios, you know, all those big companies were dying, uh, going out of right. business, but mobile, there was a few mobile companies that were doing really well in, uh, locally. And so Dave wound up working for one of them, uh, which was fire, fire mint. Fire and mint. I wound up working for another one, which was I monkey. And then, and we worked for them for a bit and they were both individually quite cool little studios run by, run mm-hmm. by kind of smart, talented people. Uh, and then both those studios wound up uh, bought by EA to sort of make like a master, like Melbourne EA mobile studio and oh, like really? bought, bought, and then we got moved back into the same building together under the banner of <laughs> like this EA mobile stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So how long did you guys, um, stay there? Um, so it's probably, I think it was like there maybe four years all up, including when it was Feynman. So it was probably two years after it became EA, um, oh, okay. before we left. Yeah. It was okay, a bit weird and, um, cause it was, a, it how- was like, it was almost a little indie studio. Um, when I joined Feynman, like they were, they'd made, um, flight control, which was this kind of really tiny game, very, very different 
in the scope that we were kind of used to. We were used to these, you know, right. it's meant to be kind of AAA. It's trying to be, um, you know, 3D console games and then going to this like really tiny game that was sort of made in a couple of weeks um, that right. was doing heaps better than anything we'd ever worked on before. Um, <laughs> and so those sort of games and also um, a bunch of racing games and things on, on iPhone. Um, and then, and then, so they had like a bunch of original projects they were working on that were kind of interesting and quite cool and like novel and playing playing with the touchscreen, which was quite novel at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we sort of got bought out by EA, and um, and initially it was like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be all right. And they they sort of just <laughs> saying we want you to keep doing what you're doing. Um, right. But then sort of slowly it was it was starting to become more more kind of merging in with with this other company, uh, moving offices. Um, stopping doing most of the original IP stuff we were doing and just doing more sequels and things like that and more. And right. then freemium came around and yeah, uh, I was not a big fan of freemium. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that was, so I that's, think that's, 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 that's that, put a damper on it a bit, I think for me. Yeah. yeah. I think are you guys bad. really, are you guys really against that type of freemium type stuff and, you know, just I mean, free to play games? In general, I or? think it, it, the, I think conceptually the business model could be used to do things that are good for gamers and good for developers. I don't think it is used for that very often, but it's, you know, yeah. it's it's not like inherently evil, but it's just, it has sort of, you know, wound up in in some actually pretty bad best practices sort of becoming. Yeah. Um, but, but the main thing for us was that like, what we specialized in was like making like cool feeling combat mechanics and things like that. And, and none of that was, being used you know it was all about funneling players to the store and these kind of retention and you know marketing type type things which like they're, they're not our skill set and not something that we cared about to, to to learn to become our skill set you know we were like we right we want to make cool explosions and and make it feel really satisfying when you slice a guy's head off and stuff like that we, we don't really <laughs> want to learn this, this right side you- of things you want to make video games. You don't want to sit there and try to promote like Pepsi within a menu or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. It's like, yeah. I, I remember seeing a lot of that in like, um, I remember the big one was burnout. Like they had actual like billboards in the game yeah, yeah. about like, and it's like, um, no, that's real. That's not supposed to be there. <laughs> like, I feel like it gets in the way of like actual game development and what games are supposed to be. And of course, of course that goes along with the big corporations, you know? So it's funny that you, you say that you actually bumped into that when, you know, actually getting into, you know, the game industry. Cause man, I feel like we're just now getting back on our feet from, or I say, you know, us like ours, but because I mean like, you know, gamers and the game development companies are finally realizing that the games matter. And that's what people are also realizing. The public's realizing I mean, yeah, I think, I think the, so. all the cheap, the cheap tricks that were kind of super effective at first kind of wear off pretty quickly, I think. Like people right. realize, oh, they're just doing this exact same <laughs> model that this successful game did. And that kind of, you know, so people stop spending money on that because it's not as, you know, not interesting or new anymore. And But the thing, that's the thing like that persists is if it's a really solid, fun game, then people are yeah. going to keep playing it. Yeah, yeah like of course. In, so. in the same way that people kind of just dropped everything to, to try and make, um, uh, MMOs after, you know, world of Warcraft made so much money right. and they kind of realize over time, ah, oh, it's not just 
like a simple repeatable formula and it was actually then after some time only the people who were really willing to kind of you know do a good job of it and yeah. only the people who were really dedicated and still those people weren't making the world of warcraft money so you know only the people who were willing to kind of operate in that environment who actually loved it were we're going to stick it out and be there, you know, and I think the same thing happened with, with mobile and microtransactions. Everyone was like, the costs of making these games are really low. The profits are really high, drop everything, only make that. And then they, you know, slowly realized that's oh, only the stuff that, that is really well suited to this. And that is, you know, actually done by people who, who are really smart about this stuff that that's kind of, that's, uh, that's making that kind of money. We can't just like jump in and cash in. And so, yeah, you know, people kind of slowly at least lots of people slowly gravitated back or, and lots of people you know became became really smart about mobile stuff and and, and kept on doing that um yeah, yeah and so I, I think so like things equalizing a little bit yeah yeah finally and i feel like at a time there i was really scared for like the ps3 xbox 360 generation where they were coming out with these big games but you couldn't even like get you couldn't even let a friend borrow the game anymore you had these like codes that you had to put yeah. in and it was like tied to your account it was just like <laughs> what's happening like yeah. the original like being able to like give your friend a game or rent a game like that all goes away and i feel like <laughs> you know it, it hurts yourself in the, or the company in the long run because it's yeah. like well now not not enough people are getting this experience and finally yeah. they settled down and they <laughs> got rid of that and there now was, we're just going to get a lot of add-on content there was definitely you know, a time where um, i can't remember which dead space game it was but i think it was maybe the third one where like i i, I bought it and put it in and like the the whole like game kind of title screen was had like you know, like advertising scrolls and links to like other, you know, things that you could <laughs> join up there. There, I was like, holy, yeah, holy it's a horror game. It's a horror <laughs> game. It frightened me. It works very well. Oh, yeah, which is um, which is so funny because I think that also keys in a lot of uh, movies too that try to like shove things in your face. And um, I remember like listening to. Tarantino talk about like how he just wanted to have like Denny's as the diner where like all this like <laughs> stuff in uh, Pulp Fiction happens and stuff yeah. and just do that and then you like eventually saw that well they started doing things like that in movies and it was like such a weird parallel world and you know it just amazes me that also the game industry like went through that whole entire thing and yeah but i, I feel think like a lot of the things you know, that we're discovering in games and thinking they're unique problems are, are pretty you know a pretty kind of commonly happening yeah across across movies and you know lots of other industries as well but you know if we're all game specialized it's just we're like oh holy crap this is you know this is a new thing yeah right and you know and what's so cool is you also have the um you know the independent uh, independent games that have i think really drawn us away from that i think that maybe you know uh the big companies out there finally realize like well it really doesn't matter about being this big enormous thing these independent games are coming out and you know some small some big but you know they make quite an impact and you know i think that's also probably you know the best timing for you guys to come out with your game and you know i think crawl is like the perfect game on the playstation network <laughs> uh, you know it's just i mean it just shows that 
you know, you can have a game like that and it, because I think years before it would never have been able to survive, but because of so many games, um, you know, recently coming out and just showing that, well, these games matter and it's the gameplay that matters and the experience. And yeah, know, I mean, even, I think, even when we started working on it, we didn't really think that it was a kind of the sort of game that you could really you know, sell properly as a big indie game, like being local multiplayer only and all that stuff. It wasn't, right. um, there just wasn't, the, so this is going back like four years, I guess. There was just, mm-hmm. there wasn't really much, you know, I guess Towerfall came out maybe half a year after we'd been working on it. Um, and that was local multiplayer only. And yeah. that, well, that was Ouya exclusive, I think, at first or something. So it was kind of a weird one. Yeah. But um, really the that was encouraging game. at least to see something local multiplayer yeah. on PC to be like, okay, right. well, at least we're not like, you know, at least we're not completely alone in this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, initially it was like, oh, I guess, I guess I don't know if we'd get this on Steam. Like that Steam, you know, this was like when Greenlighted maybe was just coming in at first right. and it was really yeah. hard to get a game on Steam. So we're like, oh, you know, we might end up just, you know, selling it on our own website. Yeah, but it might still kind of cool, a fun idea. Let's just make it anyway. So yeah, yeah. and seeing like now, 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 like that's so many local multiplayer games coming out. It's like, it's pretty crazy how much it's changed in such a small time. Um, and yeah, yeah the, the digital and... distribution side of things and making it really easy for indies on consoles and stuff is, is pretty awesome because it, um, I, I really like indie indie games. I really like, especially I've got less now. I've got less time to play games. I guess I play so many more indie games than I than I play big AAA ones. And I'm yeah, just, and I do too. Which is yeah, yeah. And I think that's funny because I feel like um, like the bigger games like ask so much from you. So you feel like okay, so I'm gonna play Destiny too, and <laughs> I'm just gonna pour all these hours and hours into the game. And I just think like in, independent games. Um, just have this kind of like, there's something special about it that shows like, I'm this small little game that you might absolutely love or hate, you know, depending yeah. on, you know, what it is. But it's a sort of, if it's a few hours you're investing and you feel like, ah, oh, you know, I might not like it, but I'll try this weird new game and like being like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's not like, $60. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, and it's something that's like, ah, oh, you know, there was a few evenings of mucking around on the computer. It wasn't. Uh, 60 hours and like, oh, this game's a huge grind. I feel like I have to get through it and you keep playing kind right. of thing. So, yeah, that's yeah. definitely the that energy level requirement is a big deal for me. I'm like, it's really nice to feel like, oh, yeah, that's just this cute little game. I'm just trying to try that out. And if I don't like it, I just I won't play it much more. But if I do, then like, you know, if I get into it, that's cool. Um, yeah. Right. And, that's, that's and you know, it's what's so funny is um, with Mater D, I, I just I I uh, saw that game on your guys' list on your website, and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. All right, I tried a few out, and I downloaded that, and oh my god, I, I played the whole entire thing, and I'm, I'm sitting on my couch, and my girlfriend's at the desk, and I'm sitting there playing this game with all these, like, just all these sound effects and just that, oh man, the, the voice alone is, it really is. That is not a game. Like when you're talking about like playing a game at silence, like, no, you cannot. It's the best thing. Just like moving like your head left and right and like going through and making that like, that almost like balloon like sound. Like, like oh man, it's just, and I played through the whole thing and it was just, 
it was just great. I didn't expect to like actually go through each level and but it just like pulled me in and I didn't expect to like put that time in, but it uh you know, I feel like when you don't notice like you're put actually putting in your time into a game, that's when like well obviously this game is good, you know. <laughs> I, mean, I think I... when you start to notice that you're like, ah, you know, I'm not having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think uh, a lot of it for me is is like I think people talk about like the sort of difference between indie and AAA, but I, I sort of feel like it's maybe more or, or what's exciting to me and what's exciting to I think some people, lots of people, um, is is more the difference between <clears throat> just these really really long form games and, and something more like arcade games where you're you expect to mm-hmm. you know in an arcade game you'd you'd put your money in and you'd expect to know how to play the game and be operating it at full you know in 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 the full way within <laughs> right. 30 seconds or a couple of minutes at least to to you know get your dollars worth out of playing that game it's not something that you're sort of investing mm-hmm. an 8 hour tutorial to get started and then <laughs> you know and and i think there's there's definitely like a lot of amazing games in that like long form kind of game coming out um and they're generally games that I just really struggle to, you know, to, to fit into my lifestyle. You know, I think like Dark Souls is, is one of the only kind of, uh, I guess, th- things like that that I that I like try really hard to force in there. Right. And I still just really struggle, you know, because I just, I, I don't have that time. And then, and it's so long between play sessions that I feel like I've, you know, lost a lot of the, the not even just the muscle memory but just the actual memory of where places are and what i'm trying to do right um whereas uh you know picking up something like downwell is from the second I, i'm playing it i i'm just i'm having a great time if it's five minutes if it's an hour if it's four hours uh so yeah i think that kind of the the smaller games are bringing back that kind of arcade thing and i think it's something that maybe like Nintendo was 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 kind of I think one of the companies that like held on to that a bit and so you know the idea of picking up a Mario Kart game or a you know what one of the more recent uh kind of Mario games um it still has a bit more of that kind of feel that you can just sort of grab it and play for a bit um but yeah de- definitely that's something that that became really rare for a while that you just couldn't get because everyone was trying to you know one up each other on how big and epic their games could be and and we got some awesome games out of that but it's really good to see that variety and getting those little experiences as well and and do you think that's because also like um trying to push like um an in-depth story that pulls you in or do you think it's just like goes into like um game mechanics and how it like just sucks you in right away no that's definitely a part of it i think when we were working at at red tribe there was a perception that like and i think lots of games were suffering from this that each individual game had to do everything it had mm. to have cutscenes and this amount of story and it had to have this amount of combat and it had to have this amount of extra like upgrading things and you know there was just a time where kind of everything and, yeah and puzzles and platforming and, right yeah you know, all these like can't you can't just do the combat you've got to do all the other bits as well yeah 
and and there were just you know because there are a few there, there were the, the leading games were doing that and there weren't examples of other successful games that weren't you know and so people were just looking at God of War and being like and and even people who weren't inspired by story and didn't have an idea for story just felt but it just it's just one of the tick boxes that you have to have and so we're mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're laboring a lot on things that that weren't their passion or weren't their strength or you know weren't weren't where they actually had the spare production values whereas i think now people are getting more accepting accepting of this game is just is just only focusing on this one element right. and it's doing a good job of it and that's and that's cool you know i think um the the walking dead games were were a, were a cool moment for that because they were sure, yeah. very like broadly accepted and they were just you know and, and i mean there's a lot wrong with those games but but you know they were saying like we're just focusing on on this this kind of story thing and that's okay um mm. so yeah i think that's that, that's been a that's been getting a lot better yeah right and i think that's also um like telltale's so clever with doing the episode thing which i thought for the longest time was so awkward and just like this is a video game not a tv show you know and i just um i didn't understand it for the longest time but it actually i think shows for people with that have the money and want to make money that they can kind of like squeeze it out a little more but it's kind of like camouflage too where it's not like burdening to where we have to have this giant game um we could have this one episode that pulls you in and if you want to keep going you can buy the next game and i think that was also showing that they could have these um smaller ideas or more of an adventure game it's set in this of course it's a tie-in to you know one of the best successful like tv shows but then yeah. again it's also staying true to what their roots come from which is practically they you know started out with uh, making um you know uh the tales of monkey island and all of that and that's kind of like wow it's amazing how close they stayed to that actual adventure um feel throughout the games they've made and obviously they've done very very well with that yeah i mean i've been pretty kind of stoked to see them do so well because it just means i mean even though uh like a lot of the stuff that they're, they're doing now isn't exactly what I what, what I'm into. Sure, right. I know that it means that th- there's people who are doing the stuff that is what I'm into who are going to be able to get the funding for it, you know, who are going to like say, yeah, I want to make a story-driven game that's about like Lovecraftian horror or, you know, this like crazy murder mystery and, you know, and people will be like, yeah, well, these, you know, these, these, are, uh, these other games are making great money. So, yeah, we can afford to to give that a try sure i think i think short stories length kind of games work really as well really well like i'm i, I play a lot of uh a lot of indie point and click adventure kind of things because i've still it's kind of where i started out um, making games and i still quite enjoy playing them right and that length like a sort of four hour long uh story game is i think the perfect time perfect amount of time when you get when it gets longer than that it ends up it, you feel like it's a kind of drawn out TV series kind of thing <laughs> where, um, you know, you're just getting through the box set and they've got all these episodes where nothing's happening and that kind of thing. Whereas when it's a really short, tight story that keep, keeps it really engaging from start to finish. And then sweet, that was an awesome, interesting story. And then you can, you know, you can go on and find another one if there's, if you're sort of keen for more. Um, so I think that's kind of, I think, yeah, that's that the evolution I quite like with the, the story, led games 
um, just like the brevity and feeling like you can just sell a game for 10 bucks. It doesn't have to be massive um, and, you know, be on all the consoles. It can just be like something you put on Steam and it's, yeah, it's like a few hours long and it's just this interesting little tale that you've, that someone's written with some cool art and right audio. like like uh, naughty yeah. dogs coming out with the um kind of standalone download content for their side story for uncharted and so many people are like pissed off that it's like oh well why isn't it like this full game where it's 60 dollars and it's like it's download content why is it 40 dollars? it's like well no it's this thing that we're trying to keep we're tying it into the bigger game that was pretty successful and uh we want to have our own kind of story here and you really don't have to pay that much and people are like no i want another uncharted you know it's like oh man it's like it sucks that um these huge companies still have to like fight that you know what i mean they still have to fight guess, to um i guess the people who are time poor are the people with the money because <laughs> exactly. you've got when you're working really hard working you're working full time yeah. and stuff you've probably got the money to spend but you don't have the time to play the really long games oh i know <laughs> so yeah. it's a bit of a catch-22 yeah i think it's yeah i think it does come with age because i've realized that the older i've gotten i've and I, I don't know if it is because like independent games are um, usually shorter and kind of straight to the point to kind of like catch people right away or but I mean, I still mm. enjoy, you know, I, I loved Uncharted 4. I think it was a great game. Last of Us is one of my favorites, but it's the type yeah. of thing that independent games and I it are just shorter and sweeter and they just have this little like story that they want to tell you and and I'm, I'm saying like it's like this little tiny game it's cute and it's not you know it's this it's this hard, a game that these hard-working developers made to tell you the story and i think that really comes across when um yeah you know, they you... tend to be very focused i guess like they know what the things that you know the things they're interested in achieving with a game are much smaller than than with a triple a game and so they can get really dig down and nail the, the thing they're interested in. Yeah. That, that kind of winds up being uh, an, like uh, just a coincidental advantage of just having a small budget that you just have to choose what are the just the core things that, that I care about that we can do a good job here that, that are actually valuable and not waste everybody's time with like a whole lot of other mm. stuff that doesn't serve that. Um, and yeah, I think I think AAA is slowly kind of falling out of this perception that that every game has to do all these millions of different things, but that still, you know, yeah, that there still is a lot of tacking on of multiplayer modes to games that don't, you know, justify it and, right. and things like that. So I think that yeah, being forced to be lean kind of forces you to to be a, a good designer or to you know or it breaks you and you don't manage to be a good designer and you have to throw the project away because you couldn't make it work you know on on just that that lean budget but it, it definitely is yeah a good test and so the stuff that goes through that test and passes you know is often is often good right and i i doubt you guys are thinking oh man are we gonna actually make money from this like when we're creating this like you know this game is it gonna be like are people gonna pick it up and love it and throw money at it or i mean i doubt that's like your your main thought and you know i mean is yeah, it no, <laughs> really not why we decided to be to do games right i think people people who go into games to make money i, I don't know bit weird and deluded because right <laughs> there's a lot easier ways right to make because money. but um games are still technically <clears throat> it's definitely art, like, I guess. you sort of want to be yeah you want to be a successful business i guess because that means you can keep doing it that's the kind of 
the priority. And you and you also, when you feel like, oh, we've got this game people are really interested in, you don't want to feel like, oh, we kind of blew it, <laughs> you know, right. do the marketing and and no one and we should have, you know, we should have um, got heaps of people playing it and we didn't. And so it's definitely like definitely something you think about a lot and you try and consider. Uh, but it's yeah, I guess it's it's not so much considering okay, how can we make the most money? It's more like oh, how can we make the best game? And they kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time with with the sort of game we're making where, where yeah, with the sort of game we're making where you just we're selling it for. Um, you know, you buy the game and you and you own it, kind of thing. It's not we're not kind of trying to get them to uh, subscribe or um, or to be playing it every day so that they can keep spending money in game or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. And so, how do you guys um, feel about like how crawlers uh, come across? Are you sitting at the computer uh, looking at reviews every single day, or you know, what's your feelings about it? I mean, I think it's been it's been a kind of softer process for us because of the early access. So, you know, right. we were able to put out an early thing and start getting uh, opinions and reviews and feedback and kind of, but without it just being like, I mean, the I think the, the fear of just doing, um, you know, a full release without that, for, especially for this type of game mm -hmm. of just going like, right, no one's played it apart from our, our buddies who are, who are play testers and we just, you know, sunk five years of like, <laughs> you know, our kind of time and money into it. And then let's put it out there and just pray no one discovers something that's a big surprise to us that was bad about the game. <laughs> right. Whereas, you know, we, we know everything that, that people uh, are going to complain about and that people like. We've seen it on the forums. We've been through it. And we've also, we've been, we've already sort of slowly been through the test of, do people like it? Do we feel okay about how people feel, people feel about it? Uh, can we satisfy everyone? Who can we satisfy? Who can't we satisfy? You know, and so, yeah, the 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 kind of big launch after that is, is not so stressful. You know, I'm not pulling my hair out uh, waiting to see what people think because, right. you know, we've been seeing what people think for, for quite a while now, uh, but it has been really good to see it going onto consoles and getting getting this kind of broader uh broader awareness i guess um but yeah so i think i think the the process has been smoother uh because of that and it was also something where with just a single release game you're just the whole time you're just trying to learn how big of a gamble to make you're trying to guess how much money can i spend on this can I afford to spend on this? Right. Because, you know, if I spend twice as much as it makes back, I can't afford to make another game. I've just got to, you know, I've got to go crawling back to the industry and beg for a, for a job that I don't enjoy. So it's not just like, I just need to get rich. It's really, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot hanging on it. And and whereas with, with the way that we approach the early access of, of sort of um, – and also the the design of this game being quite modular, being something that you can sort of plug things into and grow it without there having been a huge gaping hole of sure. something that was missing before you put it in. Right. It sort of meant that we could put out a quite small product that was a complete product and based on how much people liked it and how much people were buying it, we could kind of judge, keep on judging um, you know, is it worth spending more money? How much more time and money is it worth spending on it? And, and basically, no, the whole time, we're not going to go broke if we spend a few more months on it. We're not going to go broke if we spend a few more months on it. Whereas 
people just doing that one-time sale after years of development, you know, it, that that's, that's much more of a risk. And so, yeah, I can imagine they'll be just sitting there like watching those analytics and watching those sales and just being like, come on, come on. <laughs> you know, this is still a loss. I've still lost, right. you know, two years. Well, I've like still that. lost one when we year. First oh, no, I'm still making a bad salary for all that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Because we, I mean, we had that um, when we first went on to early access really it was like we sort of had a bit of press and it was all super exciting but we had no idea you know is this gonna be a, you know people hadn't really played it yet so we had no idea of when people actually played it yeah. uh, rather than just seeing videos of it whether they'd actually go oh i thought it would be something much better or something because you know you just don't know and so right that, that, yeah but but that was like you know at least we, you know that was after i guess a year and a half we'd spent working mostly on on crawl um so yeah, like, but but when it's a bigger project, especially if it's a bigger team, because it was just the two of us and we're working at home, so we we'd kind of just been working on on from our savings, which is um, we were easily able to do. So um, we had very little risk, really. The biggest risk was was like, ah, oh, we made a terrible game. We should go go and get real jobs <laughs> again. Um, like that was the worst that could happen. So we were pretty pretty lucky, really. Um, but yeah. still, that that pressure, that first launch was was pretty stressful um yeah oh, yeah definitely and it's also it's not just because i think so de definitely there, there's that initial uh fear of are we gonna make enough you know money to justify having made this at all and not have just been you know we didn't just throw our savings away to make this um but then there's also as soon as you get past the threshold you start looking at the next threshold and you start looking at uh other people's games and and you know how many they're selling and thinking well we're not selling as many of them what have we done wrong what are our you know why like what are our mistakes and so it's, it's very hard to you know it's it's very hard to know and it's also whenever you do marketing the feedback on marketing uh it's so indirect that it's impossible to know what impact any specific thing you did has and so you're like oh i spent uh, four weeks working on this trailer or I spent six weeks working on this trailer was that time well spent like I I have no idea I have no idea if that you know if that like significantly changed the the opinions of people compared to just spending one afternoon capturing some some you know some gameplay and just putting some music behind it so that there's always because it's because you don't know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, it is very easy to always imagine I'm I'm doing something wrong, you know. Um, so yeah, it's well, it's which it's is funny you relief. say that is because how I found the game was literally through and I think I think it was Greg Rice from Double Fine liked a tweet from you guys that posted yeah. uh, about someone complaining about how this game couldn't possibly make it because of the crash, <laughs> the cr the 2000-whatever crash of the independent game industry. And I'm yeah. like, oh, so what's this game that this guy's talking about? And I looked it up. I'm like, this looks really interesting. Okay. So, and I, you know, I played your guys' games, your website, and I'm like, well, okay, well, then, you know. And so it just kind of shows, like, what you're talking about. Like, you really don't know what's going to, what's going exactly. to work, you know. Some, some no, stupid, was, you know, funny. That's exactly right. Like, so the trailer that I, you know, spend all these weeks on, uh, that still got less retweets and, and everything 
than that screenshot of a guy saying, I hate this game. <laughs> um, oh, and, and that's how it is with marketing across the board. Like the, the, the few times we've had like, you know, really amazing marketing success, they've just been off random little things we did on a whim, you know, that that we never really expected. And then the times we've gone like, oh, yeah, I think we can, you know, we can drum up some interest here. You know, it's it's never been something that you can just manufacture. It's always been random things like mm-hmm. anecdotes and things like that. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty nerve-wracking, but it's also, I mean, it's also a really fun side that we just completely didn't get when we were working uh, in AAA, when, when you're working right. for EA and there's like this marketing department and sales department and all of these kind of steps and, and PR and stuff between you and the people who play the games. Right, because now really, you're all of that. Yeah, exactly. And and that's really fun. And so it means that I can just do a tweet and some guy, you know, responds to me and, and just we have a chat personally and then, you know, they're, they're off playing the game and they're giving feedback and that's changing what we do with the game and all that stuff. It kind of, that was really a big surprise thing that, that I've actually realized that I really, I really love that. And, and that, that would be a, you know, a, a really bad thing to miss out on in going back to AAA right. to, to miss out on that just direct interaction with people and that, that kind of excitement of, um, yeah, of just like, uh, I mean, I, I guess everything you make, you want to make it and then you want to show it to people and talk about it. And you kind of, you know, you get a lot more of that when you're just a small team making a game and you're talking directly with people who make it, uh, p- people who play it, sorry. And, you know, and just everyone on the internet, Sure. And, you know, it'd be like, it'd be, of course, a great thing that Crawl makes all this type of money and you guys go on to, you know, extend (laughs) your company and become big. And then, and I think it's just kind of like, well, that's how the story goes to where you're just kind of gonna forget your roots because you're now on to bigger, better (laughs) things. And that's what's so hard about these giant companies. It's like, remember when you were uh, 15 and how you felt about this game? And this is like, this is what you wanted. It's like, do that thing again. And it's, it's hard because you're implementing the marketing and you're implementing what, what's going to be the response. And, you know, how are people, you know, how much do people want to pay for this? And, I think that's what's so great about independent games is because you're kind of forgetting that idea of, okay, well, we have the marketing and this and that and that. And of course, you got to do some of that, but it's kind of the low risk, um, you know, the low risk you got to put out there to make, um, you know, this game, this independent game. And so, yeah, I think, I think having uh, operating on a really tight, on a really small budget. And so keeping that risk and that gamble really low, that's what enables you to do experimental and weird things because you're not, you know, like like a big company that's that's just got, I mean, hundreds of employees all, you know, soaking up however many, uh, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars each a year just to have their salaries making a thing that takes two years you know, they just can't afford to take that risk on, on something weird, like other people controlling the monsters or, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. Um, they, you know, that they don't have that, that freedom to just give it a try and kind of see and and iterate if it goes well, because just to give it a try and just get it on shelves or get people to see it would already be gambling to so many millions that if they're gambling those millions, it has to be something that, you know, is huge and can potentially make this huge amount back. So yeah. Even with a, even with a much smaller company, like 
10 people or something, if you're, if you're sort of running the studio of 10 people and they're all depending on their salary day to day and they might have families and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not even this kind of, it's not even about like how much money you're making necessarily. It's, it's sort of just about like, Oh, I'm kind of responsible for all these people's like living. So, um, so that's like a big burden to put on like the risks you're going to take creatively. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really tough situation. I think, I think double fine does it, does a really good in between kind of thing where they've, they're really quite big, but they have, they do lots and lots of like really small projects. So they have quite small teams and they distribute it like really nicely. And they're really good with community as well. I was just going to make that point because Double Fine just did the Amnesia Fortnite and it kind of shows where it started so small and now it's kind of like, oh, well, we kind of have to have these things to have these new and, you know, crazy ideas because people actually respond really good to it. I mean, who thought Costume Quest yeah, would, they, you know, do anything? They talk directly to their community and like... Yeah. Yeah, like I follow a bunch of the, you know, the, the people that work there on Twitter and they're constantly talking about the stuff. And um, so it's a lot more like a bunch of indies kind of working together almost. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. And, you know, what's, what's funny is um, they do a lot of like smaller events and stuff. And I, I kind of like um, fall away from seeing Double Fine as like kind of like this big company. But, you know, um, a lot of people in the industry talk about them they're doing a lot of things that a lot of game developers aren't doing and it's kind of a lot of out of the box and um i I think they they enjoy like working more as as small teams as well and so yeah they instead of being like oh we've got 60 people we make 60 person games we just make a cluster of these small games um and i think that's that's definitely something that having worked in triple a uh, I, I I don't have any dreams of making games that are so big that they have 60 or 100 people working on them. Like, because I've seen that and I've seen that there is absolutely no part of that that's fun to me. Um, even though the end products are, are, are impressive, the the primary work on those games is management, is people management, sure. you know? And right. that's not fun to me. I like I like drawing monsters and animating them. And when you're doing something so big, even each individual person who's drawing monsters and animating them is is doing such a tiny portion of the overall thing that, you know, the, the, the they're not they're not shaping things, they're not really creating things and the, the the main task is actually managing them so that all the hundreds of or all the the many people who are doing that all their work fits in together and fits in with the um you know with, with the programmers and and with the schedule and all that stuff and so i think yeah de- definitely you know even if we even if we just made a ridiculous amount of money uh i think after having seen so much of 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 the kind of uh you know bigger studio triple a style development i don't think i don't think we'd be at all tempted to just get bigger and bigger and bigger but i, I think that um i i think that that's yeah i i think maybe like doing you know just having a bunch of small teams making multiple small projects at once like double fine is is one of the areas that that it is a bit appealing to to grow into sure 
Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's um, also something just to always reflect on that, you know, you can be um, big or be doing well and still have that, you know, independent feeling of it. As long as you're, you're able to take technology in hand and how and use the community with it, because I think community is such a huge part of it. I mean, you know, you can be one faced in the way of having ads out there and being look at this. But if you let them actually um, work with you and kind of uh, respond to what you're putting out there. It just, you know, really shows, you know, what you can do. I think, I think Double Fine are doing another a really cool thing that is kind of kind of a new thing and, and something that I feel like people are going to do more and more. And, and I, I kind of wish that, you know, we could find ways to, to, to make more of this, which is that they're kind of, they're selling their the, the process as well they're not just selling like the end product of games they're selling uh you know the experience of them as a bunch of bumbling people attempting to make games <laughs> and you get to watch that in amnesia Fortnite and sure. stuff like that and that's and and uh, you know i, I love that side oh, and i yeah, you know i enjoy that side more than, more than i enjoy the games in fact I have to agree. Um, <laughs> you know so and and that's something that you get for free. Like if you're developing games, that's there, all your struggles and all your mistakes and, and the arguments and, and meetings and, you know, prototypes and all that stuff. Like you're already making that. So why not find a way to share that with the community so they can be more involved with that side of things and be more involved with you as kind of people who, you know, who, who have wants and needs and make huge mistakes and laugh and, you know, fail at prototypes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's something that we'll probably see more of and, and that, you know, I'd love to do more of myself because it makes you more hooked in with, you know, with the, with people as an actual person yourself and not just as, you know, a, a company selling a product. Right. Exactly. And I mean, so what do you see after doing crawl, like putting it actually out there in the community? And I mean, what's your next project with all this information you've gotten and all this information <laughs> you've seen on, you know, how people respond to your game and stuff like we're talking about now with Double Fine. I mean, what do you see next with now actually shipping out your, um, you know, crawl? So what's next? Good question. Yeah, we don't really, <laughs> we, we, we're, we're sort of in this kind of, uh, limbo period at the moment where we're like, oh, let's just like take a breather. We don't have to rush into the next thing necessarily. And um like we'll still we'll still be doing more stuff for crawl. But um but I think like I, I've been doing lots of little game jams and stuff like that and been really enjoying that. So I think we'll probably do I'd like to do just a like a few little game jammy kind of bits and pieces. Right. Um this year yeah, and see okay. see like what kind of thing we develop together that we really like and we're like excited about doing together. But yeah, I think, know, okay. at this point we're still like we're still at the point where we haven't quite worked out. Okay, what's our next thing? What are we gonna do? <laughs> well, when it comes along, you can't rush, you know, projects, and because then you'll, you know, stumble and yeah, yeah. But so you guys to, like, have your dive into the yeah right. So you guys have your main jobs, and you do this as like obviously like what you want to do as your hobby, and you know, you know what you love, right? Um, no, no. This well, this is full uh, full time thing. Is it yeah. okay? All right. Yeah. Not that yeah, it doesn't yeah, we, show. We, it's not what I'm saying. I, no, I'm just. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's well, that's great. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. You know, you guys are doing what you love full you know full time. You know, yeah, I, no, we, we quit our job. So yeah, we quit that company. That was kind of when all the microtransaction stuff came in. We kind of 
we kind of had a talk and thought, uh, you know, like we're getting older and we're potentially going to have kids and mortgages anytime soon. So if we don't, you know, we, we, we don't enjoy the stuff we're doing at work. It's, it's boring. It's right. microtransactions. It's, you know, whatever. If we don't kind of have a go at doing something that's the kind of games we actually like now, then we're only going to have more responsibilities that'll lock us kind of tighter into needing this industry job. So we thought, you know, we'll quit. We'll spend a year kind of making something that we think is cool. And then at the end of the year, we'll kind of reassess and just decide, you know, is this working for us? We want to keep doing it. And yeah, and then, then we we went into crawl and we were happy with how it was going. And now it's about, I think it's more than four years since since we actually quit. Um, mm, and yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're very lucky to be kind of, you know, make, making, I mean, I, I'm making, you know, more money than I was, was doing, making boring stuff. Um, for for EA, which is you know basically the best the, the best things could have possibly gone wow. really, right. um, and and I mean the, the the main thing that I feel like we've we like the main success I think is that we've sort of bought ourselves enough time to to prototype a bunch of stuff and not be in a panic to start selling the next game straight away, you know, because I think that's the big fear is being being so tight. Um, in terms of money that as soon as you start to get an idea off the ground, you kind of force it into full production before it's actually proven. And then you wind up spending, you know, spending two years on a game that actually wasn't such a solid idea in the first place, just out of the pressure to, to have another selling game quickly. So yeah, I think we've, we've been really lucky in kind of crawl, you know, crawl doing well enough that we can afford to take some time and just kind of, you know, prototype things and, you know, spend, spend a few weeks on this, spend a few weeks on that and just see if anything, you know, really takes our interest instead of panicking to find the next game. (laughs) Right. And I think that's, what's great about you guys still doing the, the game jams, because it kind of shows these little ideas that, um, you want to put out there and you have, and I, I do have to say, there's some really cool ideas you guys have up there that are these in these little you know these smaller size games and um i what is it the the road of raya is that correct uh, oh, yeah riders yeah. of raya riders of raya. i'm sorry I, I i forgot the title there but i no, really thought it was a unique game and i i thought it just was oh man it just had these all these feelings of like this like sci-fi world and kind of like this like mysticism of like uh you know just what are these uh what are these subjects and what are they fighting for and i i just oh, love cool. stuff I'm like glad that, that I, came through because i had uh, kind of like had this these ideas i wanted to get through but then i was like oh but i'll just do something really quickly it felt really it almost felt that there's something there but there's not really anything (laughs) (laughs) well i think it came across very clearly because uh, to me it felt a lot like a tron game but in more of like a almost a Ah, Mad Max type of post-apocalyptic, mm. you know, kind of game. And I was really curious about the story. Like, I mean, I bet a lot of people probably tell you that, but I don't know. I'm just, I, I do want more. I, I want to know what's going on. But I think that's what's like so special about that that game. It's it's this little short game that shows these uh, mechanics that work so well. And I don't know. It's a it's a a, very, a, a big mystery to me, but I, I just have to say that those come across really well and I don't stop doing the jams because I think you're, 
you're kind of seeing um, hopefully soon enough uh, see a pattern to where people are picking up a on these uh, smaller games that aren't, you know, these giant projects. So mm. I think, I think game jams are kind of an even more magnified version of, of the whole sort of, uh, you know, small developer situation. Right. Uh, it's just kind of solidified where, where it's like you're operating on, on a small budget. And so you need to, you can't define every little detail just to get a story concept across. So you have to try and evoke as much as possible with, with the least amount of actual, sure. uh, you know, p pen to paper kind of thing. And, and it's just sort of coincidentally that happens to be the kind of storytelling and the kind of world building that I enjoy more anyway. And I, and I think there's a lot of people who are like-minded about that, who like having, uh, you know, an atmosphere and an environment kind of evoked to them uh, with with a lot of kind of room to imagine it being bigger than what's shown on the page as opposed right. to just every detail being defined and then you're mm. limited to those details are all there is. Well, I think that's a huge thing with um, Snowed In. See, I, I played that and it. I just, I was thinking like, Look, it could be longer, but the thing is, if it was, it's like, would you have different snow globes? And then you're just trying to get into this <laughs> yeah, yeah. whole other thing. And it's like, no, no, no. You know what it is? Is this? It's this little short story that does these yeah. things very well, and that's exactly what it is. You know, it and doesn't need to be like, any less. It doesn't have to be any more. And I think that's, you know, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that that sort of thing, when we start out, we've got no idea what we're making. <laughs> that one particularly it was like, ah. Oh, Someone had written down just like something about a snow globe in our sort of ideas <laughs> lists, heard, you know, oh, God. an hour after we'd heard the theme, and we're like, and, and we're sort of like, ah, oh, kind of a picture of a snow globe looking pretty. <laughs> do that, and then Adrian wanted to do some like story voice stuff, so he started writing kind of stuff like that. Oh and, man, well that came across. Um, me and John well. were just like thinking, oh, we could do a kind of physicsy thing where you kind of shake it and stuff, and then that didn't really work that well. So then we ended up just making it so you can kind of walk a character around and. It evolved into just a little, really tiny adventure game. Um, right, and, and I loved that. that. Wraps, That's it. Wrapped up, wrapped it up felt very <laughs> good. It felt very like, yeah, this is such a little like you know adventure game, and you know, oh man, oh god, you could have a hundred more of those. Yeah. I play it. That was that was great. But <laughs> but I'll stop boasting about the games. I mean, I bet you you love hearing it. But I, I'm I'm you know being serious. I think they're great. You know, I I hope you guys do a lot more. And I'm happy Crawl's doing so well that you know you can do this full time. So <laughs> so keep working. Well, that, I mean, on that's it. definitely the 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 game jam like part is kind of the most fun part of any game. You know, that first part where you just, mm. you know, it's a bit ramshackle and you just crush some stuff together and you sort of try and get the core of what's cool and exciting, but you don't spend weeks just knocking out, you know, assets or anything like that. So yeah, I think I think we'll, be, we'll definitely be focusing in on a bunch of things like that and, you know, just getting to stretch our legs in different genres and different ideas. Uh, yeah, and just see see what takes, see what's, kind of keeps us excited well that's good great i mean just you know keep the mind flowing see what actually catches on you know you might run into like a, a game jam and then realize that well this could be a lot bigger and you know just catch I mean, on that's with what that crawl and... was crawl was just a, a game jam idea oh really and i think yeah and and i think that if we um if we were tasked with make a thing that you think will sell and be successful we never would have you know come like 
been ballsy enough to sort of try and and make uh, something as weird as crawl, we would have been. Oh no, uh, that's that's you know that doesn't have any legs, or that's not proven, or it's it's local multiplayer only. Right, or whatever. right. Uh, but so yeah, it's kind of because of the game jam you kind of free yourself to be allowed to make something crap. Uh, I think that actually has a huge impact and you're like, okay, you know, I can just, I can just go down this strange Avenue. And then at the end of these two days or two weeks, I can just, you know, move on and I haven't bet the house on it sort of thing. Um, and that kind of those experiments, you know, that those end up being where you do find really cool ideas. Yeah, sure. And I think that's come across very well with crawl and, I'm very happy Excellent. for it. I, I I gotta say, there's not a lot of uh, co like offline co-op games out there. So when I saw Crawl, I'm like, oh my god, someone's actually thinking about like you know the couch couch games and like yeah. actually having your friends and play. You know, oh god, that's so rare. And then the last time I well, did that was, that was like God at Goldeneye or something. <laughs> that was a big a big moment for me. Was um, I I had just bought. I can't remember what game it was now, but it was a racing game. Uh, and I was all excited to play, to, to race my little brother. You know, uh, I was really busy. I didn't have much time in the day. Uh, and so a racing game is really great. You just sit down, you play a few races, you put it down. You know, you, there's no sort of complex learning or anything. It's just, uh, you know, satisfying game. And I wanted to play against my little brother. And I got this game and I plugged it in and realized that there was no split screen. I was like, <laughs> what? How can... How can you make a racing game with no split screen? That's the point of a racing game. And oh, and then God. I sort of looked into um, looked into uh, do, doing a LAN. It was a 360 game. I looked into that direct plug thing, but they were phasing that out and the game didn't support that. And so I ended up having to bring my little brother and his 360 and his TV out to my room. And so we're sitting next to each other on two 360s, on two TVs, <laughs> and we're still connecting, like we're still both connecting over the internet to connect to each other with all the lag and, and crap of the internet. And so, yeah, that was definitely, you know, a, a really frustrating point when I was like, man, why, yeah. are, why aren't people making local multiplayer stuff? Oh God, I know. Yeah, I, you know, and uh, there was another game. I think it was, um, of course, it's a smaller game, but Seven Days to Die. Um, I bought purposely on the PS4 to play um, with my girlfriend and then my, you know, uh, brother online. And it just didn't have, like, that one little thing that seems so simple, like, uh, that you could do that uh, it just didn't work out. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you see that a lot with these with games and I, I'm just happy to see offline co-op and it should be, Oh, and, battlefront I mean, battlefront was another big thing. That, oh, they, they, you could only have two players. That's what it was. So it felt okay. like so hollow and everything. I'm like, really? <laughs> There's two easily two other players could play this. And yeah, oh, I mean, and uh, I, that's something that I think we've benefited from uh, sort of a lot with crawl because a lot of the fun people are having when they're playing crawl is not made by the game at all. It's just made by people having fun with their buddies. Um, and so people are like, oh, yeah, I had a really great time just because, you know, they 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 had a joke and a mess around with their friends. And so we're, we we get kind of lucky at getting some of the credit for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, uh, having that is kind of like um, also I, I just have to mention the boss of uh, – um, Gabe Newell. I mean, that's just brilliant. <laughs> oh man, I loved that video that you put up there. 
and um, had they had the whole letter and everything. Oh, that was brilliant! I loved that so much. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. That, I mean, that that's just the sort of stuff that um, I think, you know, when I was younger, like a friend of mine would go away for the weekend, and I'd think, oh, what a funny little animation that I can make to entertain <laughs> him when he gets back. And right. he'd get back, and I'd show him a stupid thing, but it would all just be like some private joke between me and him, and he right. thought it was funny. Um, but so did this thing of direct, like directly interacting with, with people on Twitter, it means that like, I can make a stupid joke, you know, but I can make it with, with, with like all of the people on Twitter and all of the people who follow us and have right. this like really fun, silly, jokey interaction that I used to just have, you know, as a target kind of audience of just this one friend of mine and now is kind of sharing with, with heaps of people and yeah, that that's really rewarding, you know, sharing a like just such a dumb joke with everyone. And then there's also the side that like that gets shared around and people like it. And it's like, holy shit, this is like a legitimate thing that I did for my business. <laughs> right. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I see that in Crawl because I mean, just you can put the smallest thing in there and people are going to reference that thing and it'll end up right <laughs> back at you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I that's my game. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's what's so great about the again back to the community you know but yeah no and so getting to just be like an internet joke idiot like professionally <laughs> as a thing right. that's like a legitimate part of your job is really really fun oh yeah of course and i think that's what um works so well in these in these independent games you know so so i, I thank you guys so much for doing this and you know doing the podcast with me and you know, yeah, it, no it's worries. a lot of fun. It, it's it's a new thing that um, I'm trying to put out there. I want to interview more people and, you know, get it out there just to show people how fun game development is and who the, that you know, that they're actually made by humans. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, you know, want to get more into that. So yeah, I, well, I, I really mean, think definitely, it Yeah, it's definitely great to spread that because, you know, I think both mine and Dave's story were like, yeah, we didn't think you know, we never thought of it as a thing that people made. And so we didn't even try to get into it until, you know, until we lucked into it just because mm. that that information wasn't out there. You, I wasn't seeing footage of guys making games as their job. So, yeah, I think it's great to, to be spreading that stuff around now. Yeah, and I, I hear so many people saying like, you know, I, I was really, I used to be really into, I want to be a film director and so many people are like, oh yeah, film directing, you know, I guess yeah. people make, I guess people make, you know, movies. And so that was my whole entire idea about game, game development, you know, I'm like, I've always been a huge fan of games and I think Double Fine was one of the first to show me like, oh God, like real people make these games so that's what got me yeah. so excited about it and i'm like i want to do this. this these are these are the type of people i want to be around you know forget forget the movie stuff this is this is more me yeah. <laughs> so you know this is kind of uh my pot this podcast here is kind of um my uh uh two cents you know um to put yeah in awesome and, you know, so I'm, I'm really happy to have you guys on and, you know, it's great talking to you and I'm going to look, I'm looking forward to whatever else you guys come up with or updates on crawl. So, you know, yeah, well, thanks, but, but thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Cheers.